Welcome to Midwretched, the home of the most heartless of the heartland. Join us, Tommy and Mick, as we share the best true crime tales the Midwest has to offer. first case, our inaugural case that I'm super excited to talk about. This is so exciting. (laughs) So this is a case that comes straight from my hometown. So as we all know, I kind of came out of the womb a spooky bitch. So (laughs) true crime has never not been a thing in my life. Same. But the case we're going to talk about today is kind of like the first time it ever became like reality reality when true crime kind of like hit home. Yeah. So we're going to talk about today the disappearance of Erica Baker. I'm so excited. I don't know anything about this. I'm so, nobody does. Nobody yeah. ever talks about it. It was huge at the time, but I don't know if it just like lost steam at some point. But you're going to learn all about it and why it kind of fucked up the entire area. That's exciting. For kind of a long time. Yeah. I mean, not exciting that everyone's fucked up, but exciting that we get to learn about it. <laughs> Exciting to bring it back into some people's consciousness. Yes. Um, so we're going to go back to, not necessarily my hometown, but the town I was born in, mm-hmm. in Kettering, Ohio. Okay. I grew up in the next door town. Um, of Beaver Creek. A Beaver Creek. Shout out. Shout out, Beaver Creek. Battling yeah. Beavers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so Kettering, much like Beaver Creek is an entirely typical suburb. Like, there is nothing about it that makes it stand out from the world around it. It's got a little bit less money than Beaver Creek, right? A little bit less money, but it's it's pretty, like, working middle class, like, you know, a lot of bungalows, a lot of single-family homes, all of that good stuff. Super residential, but it really kind of blends into the landscape. Mm-hmm. But where we're going to go specifically to kind of set the stage and give you kind of our geography. Yes. There's a lot of geography here. Mine a lot too. of very minute geography. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of set the stage starting at the Kettering Rec Center. If I say Rec Center, does, like, the world know a Rec Center? I think so. That's okay. not like saying, like, curds. Curds. People know what a rec center is. A recreational facility at which you may exercise or swim. They have classes there. We had an ice ring. You can humiliate yourself at racquetball like I did. Don't ever do that. Yeah. You can humiliate yourself in the ice rink. You can humiliate yourself in the basketball court. There's just so many options. It's a really good place for some childhood trauma if you were a fat kid in the 90s in the Midwest. Like... (laughs) I don't want to say it's a good place for childhood trauma. (laughs) (laughs) But, but in general, it is kind of like, it's like the center of the community, especially here. Yeah. Because you've got the Kettering Rec Center where you have like, there's basketball courts, there's hockey rinks, there's swimming pools. So all kind of community classes and everything kind of center around there. And then right by that, you have Indian Riffle Park where you have, it's a kind of a big open air park. They have like kite flying competitions. They have, you know, movies in the park until 
the night of February 7th, 1999. So it was, I hate to say this because I feel like everyone starts like this. It was an unusually warm February evening. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. But so there just happened to be a lot of people out because it was like, it was kind of rainy, but it was still, like, warm and mild for February, which is usually super icy and gross. Yeah. Um, there was also a big local hockey tournament okay. going on there. So, like, kind of cars were parked all around. The parking lot was full. Um, and right outside the park, like, the, commun- the rec center, um, there was, like, row houses and a big, like, residential facility. In those, like, row houses right by the rec center lived the Baker family. Okay. Baker family, lovely little family. Um, so Melissa and Greg were the parents. They were amicably divorced, though. Mm. So I Melissa, feel that on a spiritual level. That's yeah. awesome. Everything I read was that they were pretty like amicable. Like there wasn't a ton of like infighting or anything. They good were for them. They were good. Yeah. yeah, especially for the nineties. Go them. Yeah. Um, they had four kids. They had three sons and their youngest daughter Erica, Aww. who was nine at the time. Um, the kids live primarily with her mom, who lived in that Kettering community, but the dad is pretty involved, and um, Erica actually had spent that Sunday with her dad. Okay. So, she was with her dad that whole day. Um, apparently, there had been, like, some, like, she had, like, some, like, little tip with her dad that day, because he forgot to buy tickets to, like, the daddy-daughter dance. Oh. Which, like, you're nine. That's, yeah. like, kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. And Erica was, so from everything I've read, she was just, like, a super sweet kind of kid. Yeah. Like, um, mom said that she, like, absolutely loved school. She loved dancing, would, like, dance to the bus stop. And all of that stuff. Like, dance to the bus stop, blow kisses on her way to the school bus in the morning. Like, there's videos of her around, like, you know, dancing around and, like, just being, like, super sweet and super kiddish and all of that stuff. My mom heart. I know. I'm going to break your mom heart. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But, yeah, like I said, that day she had spent, um, that Sunday she had spent the day with her dad. They had that little bit of fight earlier that day. But she, by the time her dad had dropped her off with, at her mom's house about, like, three in the afternoon, dad said she was pretty cool. She was in a good mood. Mom didn't notice anything, like, at all weird. So neither of them said that there was any kind of concern for how she was feeling, any indication about anything weird going on that day when she got home. Okay. Shortly after she got home to her mom's house, she got kind of bored pretty quickly. She's um, nine. She's nine. She got bored pretty quickly. Yeah. So, like, she's bumping around the house, whatever, and she asked her mom if she can take their dog, like a little shih tzu, for a walk in Indian Ruffle Park. Okay. Indian Ruffle is, like, probably, like, a five-minute walk from their house. So their mom's kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal. She's nine. She's not six. She yeah. can kind of walk it's the dog. Close. It's close. Whatever. And it's Kettering. And it's Kettering. Exactly. So mom's like, okay, just go, like, just obviously be home before dark. And in February, we all know dark is like four o'clock. Right. So she didn't expect her to be gone for super long. All right. Now we get into the terribleness. Okay. I'm ready. The terribleness is going to be more confusion than anything else. Yeah. All we know is that Erica made it to the park. Okay. That's all we know. How do we know that? So she was seen sitting on a park bench with her dog by Carol Strine and her husband. 
they were out walking their dog equally. Okay. Um, like I said, it was kind of a warm day in February, so there were a lot of people out there. Yeah. We know that Carol walked by. They see this little girl in a pink sweatshirt, a pink Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt, Aww. and a little pink raincoat, and a pair of jeans, and some little white sneakers. Baby. Baby, out with a little Shih Tzu dog playing. I love her. You know. I'm going to show you pictures of her. You're going to love her even more. Yeah, I've seen a couple. She's a doll. She is a doll. So they spotted her around 3.45 p.m. Okay. So they kind of, again, they saw her like, hey, cutie, whatever. And they kind of continue on with their dog walk um, where they walk toward Indian Ripple School. But Carol and her husband were the last people to see Erica alive. Wow. So a short time later, that same couple... Um, as they're kind of walking their dog around the park, they pass the middle school and they see a little Shih Tzu shivering in the corner. Oh, wow. Um, just like kind of like hiding and shivering and whatever. Yikes. And they call the dog over, kind of check its tags. They look around and I think kind of what was probably going through their mind, just like reading interviews and all of that with them was that, oh, like, she probably lost control of the dog. She probably got distracted. Yeah. Whatever. So they look around for a little bit, and eventually they're like, okay, we don't know what to do. We're just going to call animal control. Okay. Um, so they call animal control. Animal comes. They come get the dog, um, and Carol and her husband go back home. Mm. Kind of don't think much more of it. They're like, oh, well, I hope the family finds their dog. Yeah. That's kind of the extent of what they're Right, like the dog time. escaped, the girl went home, yeah. She's a little girl, she, you know. Yeah. Whatever. That makes sense. And like I said, there was a big local hockey tournament, mm-hmm. kind of a youth hockey tournament going around. So I think probably a lot of people just kind of thought like, oh, she found her friend, she got distracted, yeah. she ran into a family she knew. Yeah. All of that good stuff. Okay. So meanwhile, Erica's mom is at home. And it was kind of starting to get dark. It had been a long time since Erica had gone out to walk the dog. And I think kind of in her head, she was thinking all of that same stuff. Like, yeah. She probably ran into her friend. She's just dawdling. Mm-hmm. Whatever. She's trying to avoid doing homework. Whatever goes through your head at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but it got to be around 5.15. And she was finally just like, this isn't right. Yeah. Like, starts like frantically searching through the neighborhood um, I think, like, she kind of employed her older brothers to go search with her. Eventually, they made no progress. Like, they couldn't find her anywhere. There was no sign. Yeah. By 8 p.m., the police are out there. Okay. Um, so this was is one of those instances where the police really kind of, like, they were on it. Yeah. As much as Kettering police can be on top of stuff. Yeah. In a town where, like, this doesn't really happen. Right. They're not used to having to do this kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. So they were on top of it. They were, like, full effect. Cops were out by 8 p.m. Okay. By, they weren't finding anything either. Like, again, no, it was like this girl fucking vanished off the face of the earth. Ugh. They were dragging the lake by 10 p.m. Oh, wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's raining, it's pouring, any trace of anything is, like, gone. Yeah. People are starting to leave the hockey tournament. So, by 10 p.m., again, then the newscasters are out there. 
Wow. They did mobilize. Everything mobilized really fast. Everything mobilized, everything mobilized really quick. And, like, this came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. You think kids go missing for a couple of hours, and you're just like, oh, you're just being a bratty kid. Just come yeah. home. But that's, like, six hours for a nine-year-old to be away from home. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And, again, like, no indication whatsoever of, like, where she would go, what would have happened, yeah. anything like that. Meanwhile, so, like I said, newscasters were out there by 10 p.m., and it just happened that Carol and her husband were watching the news. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. And I actually saw the, I went back and I was watching, like, old, like, YouTube videos of newscasts. I saw the one that they reported on. It's so sad when you, like, you think back and you put all of the pieces together. Yeah. Because um, I didn't hear, I was probably in bed by the time that this came on, but I remember hearing it, like, first thing the next morning. Yeah. Because um, my parents always had, like, the TV or the news or the radio on or something yeah. like that. With, but, yeah, it was. That's so sad. I couldn't <laughs> imagine that feeling of, like, I don't, I don't know if it would be guilt, but, like, that you think it's benign. You don't yeah. think much of it. You're just kind of like, okay, whatever. We called in the dog. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal because nothing looked that weird. Yeah. And then you go home and you're just like watching the news and that's what shows up. Mm-hmm. That is, I couldn't imagine that being anything but incredibly jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So what? Well, I have a quote from Carol on here. It said, I was still feeling good about finding the lost dog. But then the news came on and it was showing the Kettering Recreation Center and a missing little girl. Oh my my husband looked at me and I looked at him and we just called the police right away. Wow. She said that they were just kind of frozen, yeah. like as they're watching like this newscast. Wow. Like I can't imagine like what it's like to be the last person to see somebody alive. I know. And to be, I, mean, I don't know what happens. I don't know anything about this, but imagine <laughs> that like they... The wonderful contribution they've been able to make is that they are probably the what can establish a timeline. Yeah. Like they know when they saw her. Yeah. They know when they found the dog. So mm-hmm. they can really. Like, it is this period There's going to be a tight time. window because of them. So mm-hmm. that's something to be. Like, it's it's nice that they can be like, oh, okay, like, we helped in this way. Yeah. But then it's still like this really super morbid sense of, like. They did what the right thing to do in that moment was. Yeah. But it would still be incredibly jarring. Yeah. And, again, like, Indian Rifle Park isn't that big. Yeah, nothing in Kettering is, if I remember right. No, it's like, not. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is that big or stand out. Yeah, no, it's very much, like, kind of like the strip malls and the neighborhoods and just not, nothing particularly distinct. No. Yeah. No. So I'm, like, I'm even struck right now about the fact that there was, like, a big event going on. Mm-hmm. Right there. And there were not many witnesses. That blows my mind. I know. I think what always freaked me out about this case and, like, kind of kept just, like, hitting me as I was researching it again is nothing is out of place. Yeah. Nothing is weird in the events of that day except this. It's a pure disappearance. Like, nothing else makes sense. Wow. I don't don't like it. No. It's really... Is it, I don't know, benignness freaks me out. Yeah, me too, because you want it to be, it makes sense for it to be, like, remarkable, or, like, mm-hmm. you're looking for something that was so out of place, like a drifter on the corner that nobody recognized. Oh, and everybody or... just noticed this one man, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And this is not the case here. This is just, like... This person was paying extra attention to her. No. Yeah, this was just, like, a normal day. No. 
There were a few other witnesses, like there was a jogger, and then there was another person out walking, but neither of them remember particularly seeing her, because again, it's a kid's park by a school in a residential neighborhood. That stuff just flies by you because it's so benign. Yeah. By the next day, they had literally hundreds of volunteers searching the center. Oh, good. And and this is the part that I remember most from childhood is the entire community came out to look for this girl. I bet they did, yeah. Like, hundreds of people for the next weeks were coming out looking for her. There are still, like, these bright pink billboards up. Wow. And they're kind of eerie to look at. I'm sure they are, because now, this happened in 99, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it's 21 years ago. That's incredible. Also, we're old. She would have been old like us. So I know they drained the pond or they dragged the pond and they searched the pond that night mm. on the 7th. By the 8th, they drained it. Wow. Completely. Okay. Like, again, this was a big deal. Yeah. Um, massive search parties were out over the next several weeks, but nothing was ever found. They thought that they had found her jacket in Germantown, which is like 20 minutes away. Mm. But the parents were like, no, that's not hers. Nothing, nothing was coming up. Because she wasn't wearing a jacket. She was wearing a pink sweatshirt. She was wearing a pink sweatshirt and oh, a pink and a raincoat. raincoat. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It also just kills me because of, I can imagine. Like, I would have worn the same exactly, outfit in exactly. that day in 1999. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Um, so over the neck, like I said, weeks there was an entire community search an entire police search this is one of those ones the police did not bungle good um shocking but good (laughs) (laughs) the family actually got together and opened the erica baker erica baker recovery center wow um which kind of became the face of missing children all across the country like over the next several years like it became it started just searching for erica and kind of became a bit of a bigger thing um wow yeah like her erica's face was in people magazine people like like sarah jessica parker was doing psas to help find her the family was on oprah like pleading for leads this is why like i can't believe nobody remembers yeah and i don't remember this at all and this i mean i would have been in michigan yeah talking one state over and i don't remember a lick of this yeah at this point it's not even just like the family mourning it really is like the entire city yeah like i said Everybody was out there. Billboards were everywhere. I remember, like, school donations and collections to help, like, searches and stuff like that. The police finally got a lead in Mm. June. In June? In June. Oh, my gosh. Okay. They interviewed Christian Gabriel regarding his whereabouts that night of the disappearance um, from a lead about a car accident from that night. He admitted that he was in the area... Um, he admitted that he had committed theft at the local Meyer because we're in the Midwest and that's we what sure we are. do. Now, did they, f- was there like a tip called in about him or? I don't know. Like okay. I could not find out how they got this information. And I don't know if there was like a police report from a hit and run. Yeah. Or what? Oh boy. Okay. But yeah. So this was the one and only lead that they had. And he was like, yeah, I was stealing at Meyer that night. Something could have happened, but I just drove home. Wow. Um, and then he said that he sold the van that he was driving that night. He said that he sold it the next week because it was a car I said was wrecked. Okay. Okay. And that lead didn't go anywhere really after that. 
Mm-hmm. The police were able to recover the van. They took it to the Miami Valley Crime Lab, and there were no evidence um, found of Erica's remains in the van or around the van or, like, on the outside or anything like that. So at this point, the mentality in the investigation is, like, we're not... This is going to be a recovery mission. This is not necessarily searching for... At this point, yeah. Okay. Like, this is a recovery mission. And I, I think that investigations tend to go there, like, after a sort certain point. Yeah. There was... They interviewed both the parents, and there was no indication that the parents had anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, parents are always the prime suspect, kind of immediately. Right. But there was no indication that they would have done anything to harm the kid. Like I said, they were pretty amicable. Yeah. Um, and they had three other kids, right? Three yeah. other boys. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't think of, like, any other person that would kidnap her or take her, anything like that. So at this point, they're looking for, like, a recovery. Yeah. So Gabriel was dropped as a suspect. At that time, once they cleared the van, they dropped him as a suspect. Nobody or remains were ever found. Like, to this day, nothing has ever been found. Um, Like I said, they found, like, a sweatshirt or a jacket in Germantown. That was literally their only lead to that in the car accident. Oh, my gosh. So the investigation stalled for a long time. They had so few leads, they had so few evidence. The parents passed the polygraph, um, nothing. There were four suspects identified in early 2000, okay. all that had, had histories of child molestation mm. that had been at or around the area of the rec center. Um, nothing panned out from any of that stuff. Wow. There was nothing to go on. That's incredible. And I, I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, like the rec center had to have like CCTV, right? Right? In 1999? Yeah, one would hope. Like, but I don't know. Just... It makes you like, you don't want to spin out on theories, but like it makes you wonder if there was all this activity going on at the rec center. Yeah. All this stuff going on. And the, it's a nice day. Everyone's at the park. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder if whoever she was with or whoever confronted her in the park that day or whatever happened, Mm -hmm. it wasn't somebody that scared her enough that she was like, that she was screaming or fleeing. Cause that would have stood out to somebody on a day like that. Like, Mm -hmm. like it it was raining and it wasn't, it was kind of gross, but like it wasn't so gross that people were not out. Yeah. And like, I've been to like kitty tournaments. People are running in and out of their cars. Right. All the you're time. changing a diaper. You're grabbing somebody's missing shoe. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're they left this hockey pad in the car right. and or you're late because somebody forgot to put on a sweater or whatever. Exactly. Like it's it's a disorganized mess, so much so that there's always people around. Yeah. And again, like I've been to Indian Ruffle Park. I spent a lot of my childhood there. Yeah. Nothing ever stands out there. Is it also on, like, a relatively main drag of road? It's off of it. Okay. So, like, there's there's Indian Ripple Road. Right. I, I, I remember that much. road, yeah. I think that's why you were looking at me weird when I kept saying Indian Ripple. I was, and I was like, I'm not going to correct you, because I don't, I don't want to be that person right now. <laughs> it's Indian Ripple. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it's not. It's Ripple. Yeah. Which, like, what the fuck is a Ripple? I don't know. What's an Indian Ripple? Something dirty. So could an Indian riffle. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's like a drive-off to go over there. Oh, okay. And then it's, like, a bunch of, like, kind of rows of housing, and then 
the park and the rec center and all so of that. So if you were driving on Indian Ripple, you may not have seen something, even if something big was happening. It's far enough away that you might not see it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, there's houses right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so later in 2000, they finally got another lead. And again, I don't know where these leads are coming from. This is pissing me off. I'm like, where the fuck yeah. are you getting? Like, who's sending in the tips? Where are you finding the information? Yeah. Maybe I didn't dig enough, but I dig pretty hard. No, I think you probably did. I think what happens sometimes is when it's not clear, it's from anonymous tips. Yeah. And that's just like, yeah, there's no more tracing to do than that. Yeah. Or they're just putting shit together because. I, I think a lot of it's anonymous tips. Yeah. And you're going to find out why in one second. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they finally got leads. That Erica might have been hit by a car that night of the disappearance. So we're going back to the car theory. Okay. And began an investigation into a local woman named Jan Franks. Okay. Franks was kind of known to cops. She had a history of substance abuse, a history of arrests for, like, petty theft, like stealing from Meyer. Oh, boy. Um, she was believed to have been involved in a car accident along with three other passengers. Hmm. Including Gabriel. Oh. <gasps> And someone named Butts. And <laughs> like Butts with a Z? Like, no, Butts. Just Butts. Like, like butts, no butts. ifs, ands, or Butts about it? Like, hold on to your Butts. That's amazing. I am holding on to my butt. <laughs> and someone only identified as Butts' girlfriend. <laughs> Butts' girlfriend Taint was in the backseat. <laughs> So, Butts, Butts, Franks, and Gabriel, <laughs> which is my new law firm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we're apparently in the car at the time okay. of, the, of this reported accident. Okay. Um, the formal investigation began into Franks, and finally, this is two, we're two years later. I'm sorry, just Franks and Butts came to mind. It just, it just like resurfaced in my imagination. <laughs> it just culminated. It, I, I think I just became like self-actualized. Like <laughs> something magical just happened. Many oozles. Continue, please. So the formal investigation started into Franks. Okay. Um, and finally, two years later, charges were beginning to file, be filed. Franks got a lawyer. We're going to hear more about this lawyer. Mm. You hate her. Um, and then suddenly right as everything's kind of coming together you want to guess what happens franks dies yeah what (laughs) yes oh my god franks dies holy shit she dies of an overdose of a drug overdose oh boy oh Oh my god okay (sighs) with her passing the police sought information from her lawyer beth lewis okay so you're dead yeah. I mean, no, but yeah. I need, like, I need your info. Like, everything that Franks told her lawyer, the police were like, all right, give us. Yeah. Lewis said no. Nah. Nuh-uh. Lewis said no. Nah. Lewis claimed attorney-client privilege, even after her- Her client is dead! Right? Jeez. Um, there were rumors that Lewis was afraid of retaliation against associates of her client. Wow. Associates. So Frank's husband even intervened here because Frank's was married. Whatever. Mm -hmm. He 
went in and said, I waive attorney-client privilege for my spouse. Wow. Which in Ohio, you're allowed to do if, they've dece- if they're deceased. Okay. A spouse of a de- deceased person can waive privilege and say, tell the police everything that you know. That's so interesting. Um, I thought so too, but Beth Lewis didn't. Really? No, she still refused to speak. This went all the way up to the Ohio Supreme Court. Wow. And Lewis was held in contempt. Good. Good for Um, you, Ohio Supreme Court. Yeah. To the point that she never spoke. She served time for this. Did she really? Yeah. To the point that the police just, event from everything I gather, the police just moved on. Why would that be the hill you wanted to die on? She was afraid of associates. That's crazy. Motherfucking crackhead associates. Let's talk about this. She knew something. So we're in 2002 now. Mm-hmm. We're in 2002. I don't want to be in 2002. Neither do I. Nobody wants to be in 2002. I'm not with it. Ninth grade. I had terrible hit hair. I just, it was awful. I was wearing a lot of body glitter. I was listening to a lot of good Charlotte and I'm not proud of it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I blame Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. Anyway. Okay. So anyway. In 2002, the Erica Baker Recovery Center was closed. Sad. Really sad. And that was kind of like this feeling, I think, for everybody in the area of, like, we're not going to solve this. Yeah. Like, this bitch OD'd. Yeah. And her lawyer sucks. Nobody's fucking talking. Wow. But on the DL, the police were continuing their investigation against Gabriel. Good. Fucking good. And they started surveilling Gabriel. Good. Okay, and this is where the police bungled a little bit. Oh, shit. Apparently the Kettering police just suck at surveillance. It's like the first time in my life I've been like, yeah, police are doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, Kettering PD. I know. <laughs> I'll buy a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently they suck at surveillance because they're Kettering. Oh, my God. Uh, they kind of sucked at it. They kept getting spotted. <laughs> Like, Gabriel kept finding them. Oh, my God. That was kind of like what they were doing. I think it was the surveillance on John Wayne Gacy when he kept being like, yeah. hey, you want a sandwich? I know, you like, oh, that lemonade or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was super sporadic, I guess. I don't know if they didn't have enough coverage to actually do this. Yeah. So it only lasted six days before they fucking gave up. Wow. Um, But... They were at least able to get him on receiving stolen property. Okay. Which was enough to get him into the interview room. Okay. Which is, like, at least what they needed. Yeah, yeah. So, Gabriel eventually did finally start talking to the Kettering police. Um, and detectives associated with the case wanting to confess. Now, we're going to talk about how he flip-flops on this quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um... The police department side of the story is, like, no, we use, like, police tactics. Right. <laughs> we use police tactics? We use police tactics. Okay. Okay. Mean girls police tactics, I yeah. guess. Okay. Okay. He said they, like, forced a confession, and it was, like, blah, blah, what's the word for it? I can't think of it. Under duress or whatever. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but once they started questioning Gabriel, they were finally getting some answers. February 4th, 2004. So this was... We're very close to an anniversary. Very close to an anniversary. Three days before, in fact. Before the statute of limitations on what would be his eventual charges expire. Oh, boy. His eventual charges. That's five-year statute of limitation. So you know now we're not talking about murder. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they filed charges. I'm not going to tell you what they were. Why not? You can find out. Okay. Listen, I practiced this narrative. <laughs> I practiced my narrative this way. Okay. And you like probably spliced my reactions into your head while you were doing it. So many times. <laughs> Am I living up to expectations? You always exceed expectations. Oh, I don't think so. All right. So December 4, the Montgomery County judge ordered Gabriel to be brought to Kettering from South Correctional Institute, where he was serving nine months for a felony in Clark County. I don't know what that felony was. Mm. Again, Gabriel liked to steal from Myers and smoke crack. I don't know if I mentioned that. He liked to smoke crack. Cool. And steal from Meyer because he's super Ohio. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then he went to Circle K and got a slushie. Probably. You know, one of the ones with the dogs on, on the cup? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah slushy dogs. <laughs> so, now we're going to hear what Gabriel said happened. Okay. After he was finally, like, in there confessing. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, take a deep breath. All right, so, Gabriel Franks and Butts. <laughs> Damn, I just ruined my deep breath. <laughs> and Butts' girlfriend. Okay. Um... They said that they had spent the day stealing from Meyer, smoking crack, doing that Ohio thing. Straight chillin'. Straight chillin'. <laughs> he said they were driving around the area super duper inebriated. Oh, boy. Um, because, you know, a nice, quiet residential neighborhood is a great place to smoke crack and go for a drive. Yeah. Jeez. Um, fuck this guy. Yeah. Um, he said that as they were driving, Erica, quote, darted out. From the parked cars. No bullshit. Yeah. Said, we were going down the street and heard a thud and got out of the van and someone was lying in the street. Oh, my God. Dot, dot, dot. I was drunk. I had a buzz. I didn't really see nothing until I heard the thud. They then saw the dog run away. They just, like, going to saw the dog skitter away. Um, And apparently they all got out of the car to discuss what to do. Okay, now you're going to have to take a breath because I'm not going to go into the details of what he says, but when the police asked him, how did you know that she was dead? Mm -hmm. um, He said because of the way he saw her body and it was twisted. Oh, God. So. That poor, beautiful child. I know. Like, how are you that high and that inebriated? But you're like, yeah, no, she's definitely dead. Yeah, you have to be so far outside of your body at that point. So I'm going to read this whole, like, quote that I got from um, the Kettering newspaper. Okay. All right. Gabriel stated that on February 7th, 1999, he was stealing from Meyer with Frank's Clifford Butts and Butts' girlfriend. Jan drove the van, and when they left Meyer, Gabriel stated that the van had hit Erica. That others had put that the others had put her body in the van. Oh my god! And that they had driven back to the apartment where they smoked crack cocaine. Later, they drove Erica to the Huffman Dam, and others buried her body. So again, he's he, it was them, right? His hands are clean. Yeah. Gabriel indicated that he wanted to take Erica to the hospital. After the interview, Gabriel accompanied officers to the Huffman Dam to search for Erica's body. Gabriel returned with the officers the following day. Her body was not located. What? They fucking went home. That's incredible. They picked up that little girl's body. Yeah. Shoved it in the back of a crack van. And went and... And went and partied the rest of the night. Wow. That's fucking disgusting. 
what kind of fucking monsters do that? Yeah, that is so abhorrent. And that is, like, in no way, shape, or form how I thought this was going to go at all. Yeah. 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 Again, it's it's that, like, it's so, like, nothing's out of place. Yeah. Like, when I make jokes about, like, smoking crack and stealing from Meyer, it's, it's not necessarily out of place. It's just the other side of this cute, adorable residential neighborhood and rec center. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember... Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Kettering specifically having kind of a kind of a vibe to it that, like, one neighborhood might be really nice and the next neighborhood over might be kind of sketch. And then... That's kind of the, the whole area where we grew up. There are really drastic wealth disparities. Yeah. I mean, from one street to the next. Yeah. That was kind of my impression just the couple of times I was there. I feel like every other street in Dayton is eight mile. Yeah. If it makes sense to say it that way. Well. Yeah. I mean, we'll unpack eight mile. At yeah. We, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll unpack eight mile. But like that idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We should totally do an episode where we unpack eight mile. Girl. Girl. We'll do it. Yes. So these motherfuckers, these four motherfuckers, four people, four people. And at the time of this conversation with the police, there had, three of them were alive. Yes. Wow. Three of them were alive. And Franks had died in 2001. Where is the conscience from the other two? I know. And I didn't see them in any of the court documents. Wow. There's no way they don't have records. There's just, it they makes have, no yeah. sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. How do you see a community yeah. losing it the way that Kettering did after this happened? Yeah. And just be okay with that? That disrupts everything. Mm -hmm. Because you're afraid of a drug charge. Yeah. Or a reckless driving charge. God. That's disgusting. I'm so mad. Again, and I can't get over... They didn't know that she was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she just looked twisted. Yeah. Like, take her to the hospital. Take Even if you don't walk in, drop yeah. her off outside the hospital, mm -hmm. yell and run away. Yeah. Like... Someone's going to even, I mean... It's Drop her off, like, in the emergency entrance. Yeah. Somebody will come out, and you can just go off and smoke your crack and do your thing, but at least she's in the, a safe place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to judge you for your life choices until they're this. Yes. This is judgment-worthy. Yeah. So, they went to the dam. How big is that area where they couldn't find anything? The That's my question. Yeah. Is that, like, a huge area? We're going to get into it more. We're going to get more into kind of some of this bullshit. Okay. Oh, there's more bullshit? Oh, there's more bullshit. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So the Huffman Dam is completely searchable. Yeah. And again, it's... I keep... I also come back to, like, the time of the year. Like, February is typically very cold, very icy. Yeah. It is hard to dig. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Like, soil would not be... The soil's super clay there anyway. Yeah. So, the soil has to be frozen. Yeah, totally. I know. So, no, there's something very much so missing here. Yes. So, he eventually got charged, this is why I wasn't going to tell you what the charges were. Okay. For evidence tampering and gross abuse of the corpse. Oh, my God. That's all he got. Wow. They tried to charge for vehicular manslaughter, but there wasn't enough evidence. Yeah. Um, because they couldn't prove who was driving the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he wasn't driving the car, then he, he can't take that charge. Yeah. Yep. Um, so police believe that Gabriel was still driving. 
They don't believe that it was Frank's. Um, nobody knows much more about Butts or his girl. Mm. Yeah. So then, not to sidebar too much, but, like, back to that lawyer even. Like, she's so scared of retaliation. Of what? From some crackheads? Yeah, these do not sound like mastermind drug lords that rule over the city. These sound like fucking scumbags. Yeah. That got mixed up in a terrible fucking situation. Yeah. That was absolutely their fault. Mm Mm-hmm. But they didn't go out, like, looking for this kind of trouble. No, it's not some, like, mastermind criminal conspiracy. Yeah. And they're not operating with some, like, ring of godfathers that are going to come out and... That's what I don't get about the lawyer. That's yeah. what I'm still upset about. Yeah, I'm really stuck on that. Yeah. Tell me more bullshit. Okay. So, he was sentenced in 2005. Um, You want to guess how, many, how much he got? Oh, God. Five years. Yep. Really? Yeah, he got five years. He served five years. Wow. Um, He was released in 2001. But before I get to his post-release bullshit, we're going to talk more. He was released in 2001. In 2011, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. He was sentenced in 2005, and he got sentenced to just over five years. Sure, okay, got it. So, yeah, he was released in 2011. Here's the bullshit, though, because you asked about Huffman Dam and, like, how searchable is that area. Mm -hmm. He, Gabriel constantly changed his story about yeah. where they buried the body. First he said it, it was Huffman Dam, and then he said it was Caesars Creek, and then he said it was just, like, all of these other various, like, there's lots of parks and creeks and rivers and whatnot in that area. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, no, it's Caesars Creek. No, it's Huffman's da- it's Huffman Dam. Oh, no, it's, um, it's John Bryant. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, and he would, like, let the cops drive him out there and then be like, oh, I, you know what? I was too high. I don't remember. Oh, my God. Like, Fuck this guy. I can't believe they didn't chase down butts. I I don't, like, I, I couldn't find any other information on him. Yeah. I'm s- so you're sitting there and you're just Googling butts and, like, I'm nothing <laughs> is coming up. <laughs> butts and all that's coming up is big red dog ass. <laughs> Imagine me on the couch. Oh, I am. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it it made me so fucking mad. Yeah. And this was what me and me and my sister kept like going over time and time again. Like, how could he fucking do this? Yeah. Um, and then he was changing his story. First he said, like, oh, he wanted to take her to the hospital, and then he was like, no, like, I just, I knew she was dead right away. And then he would, like, change it back, and then he retracted everything. Um, and appeals his conviction, saying that the cops didn't have enough evidence to convict him, all they had was his testimony, and he was coerced into his testimony. Oh my god. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody buys it. Nobody fucking buys it. Good. So he serves his six years. Immediately after his release, he was transferred to another county on old domestic violence charges. Oh, good. So he's got some historical scumbaggery. Oh, historical scumbaggery. Okay, great. Um, in his hearings on this, so this is where the Midwest nice kicks in. Mm. That I'm, I'm mad about it. Yeah. Because these people are better people than me. Yeah. I love them. They're better people than the world deserves. Okay. So when he was transferred over after he served the time for Erica's death, it was Erica's family that pled for leniency. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
they pled for leniency for his release because he had a sick son and all this other stuff that I was too mad to hear, but they yeah. were good enough people to like him serving more time doesn't bring our daughter back yeah. and all of this. Guess who picked him up from prison? So the judge let him be released. They didn't make him serve on the domestic violence charge. Guess mm-hmm. who picked him up from prison? Do not tell me it was any member of Erica's family. It was her grandmother. Oh my gosh. Her grandmother picked him up from prison and drove him home. Wow. I I first read this on Reddit and I was like, no. Yeah. There's no there people like that don't exist. Yeah. People with that level of like goodness. I, I know, can't. and purity. And it just like I could I could imagine it if if he had come forth and told a story that was full of remorse mm-hmm. and like whatever degree of respect you could possibly offer in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like if that's how he had come forward, like we had this horrible accident. I was so, I was scared. I was out of it. Yeah. I was whatever. I didn't know what to do. We panicked. We did this, this, this. I'm so sorry. You know, like there, there, there can be a sincerity in a situation like that. Yeah. But he didn't have any of that. Wow. Erica's, like I said, I did not believe this. So I tracked down the newsreels yeah. of this happening. Yeah. And she said that she hoped if she had shown him some kindness and she had shown him some humanity that he would tell her where Erica's body is. Wow. That is all this family has ever wanted. Yeah. So Erica's mother knew that this was happening. Apparently the father did not. Oh, really? Like, I saw the interview where they revealed it to him. Oh, wow. And, like, you could tell he had, like, very mixed reactions of it because he was really scared. Yeah, of course. Because he's like, why would you, like, get in the car with, like, a murderer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even just, like, the emotional fear of mm-hmm. what are you going to hear? What is this going to be like for you? Yeah. Like, he, and then he seemed, like, kind of mad, too, of, like, I can't believe you would do that. Yeah. Like, just, like, reading his, like, emotional reaction and, and like... I, and I can get all sides of it, but again, they are such better humans than I am. Wow. (sighs) But yeah. And then the dad's, um, response in that interview, I thought this was interesting. The, the kind of responding to like Gabriel and his actions were, was the excuse has always been that they were on drugs, but how many drugs do you have to take that you don't reach down and help a child? That's Yeah. I was like, I want to cry. Like when he said yeah, that, I was like, that yeah. sinks right to your heart. But he's so right. Yeah. Like, where are you in your head that you can't yeah. do that? The family's biggest fear because they've never found the body. You know, it, it's different. I think the dad has kind of come to terms with it. Yeah. Um, I still see interviews with mom where I think she's still holding out hope of like, well, you never know. She could still be alive. Yeah. They're still putting out like updated. Like oh. age progressed photos of what she might look like. If maybe that maybe that wasn't my daughter. Maybe that was somebody else. Maybe she got away. But one of the things that other family members have said is that their biggest fear is that she didn't die in the car accident and that she was buried alive. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I so hope not. I so hope not. Like I can't. I can't fathom that. I also. I wish so much that they would just tear up all of the earth in this entire community and mm-hmm. find that baby. Mm-hmm. You find that child. Yeah. Cause like, it's so crazy. Cause some of like the parks around the area, 
like they're big, especially like John Bryan is really big, but they're all pretty well traveled. Like Caesars Creek is always crowded in the summer. Yeah. John Bryant State Park, there were hikers everywhere. Yeah. Huffman Dam, I can, people don't go to that one as much. Yeah. So that's the only one that makes sense to me. But yeah, I'm like, I can't, like, nobody has found her clothes. Nobody has found anything. Wow. That, like, a bunch of crackheads could just hide a body like that. Yeah. They, wow. Yeah. So, and eventually the police just stopped listening to Gabriel because he kept giving them different stories. And so they were just kind of like, fuck you, fuck this. Like, unless they have more information, they're not going to follow what he says. They are still taking tips. There is still a detective on this case. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. You can still call the Kettering Police Department and give a tip if you see or you have any information. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was going to be anywhere near what you just told me. Oh, yeah. That is what it is. Wow. So... Closing. So that's kind of everything that happened. That's what we know now. Yeah. You know, Gabriel's story is all we have to go on. Yeah. And he's a dick. Yeah. Um, he is. Do we know anything about where he is now? No. Yeah. Just I, I hope he just keeps obscurity, going Obscurity, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you could probably pull up his, like, offender records, records and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, our family is so like I said all of our brothers have grown up two of them served in the military mm-hmm. um they still think of their little sister um you know they have they again kind of just I think the dad has really struggled the mom has really struggled and yeah, I think in different ways yeah. mom is still really holding out hope that she's gonna come back one day yeah um and that's that's just really heartbreaking it is and it's a really honest hope yeah May 25th was officially declared National Missing Children's Day in Ohio. Oh. Yeah. In large part because of the push and support from Erica's father. So I think her dad has really kind of turned it into a lot of advocacy. Yeah. Um, he was a big push between, like, the recovery center and all of that. Um, but, yeah, that's... Wow. That's that story. So my heart's broken. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's just, and yeah, it's, I can't get over just how mundane the situation is. Yeah, me too. It's like, it's just so, and it must have, everything must have gone down. If it is even any semblance of what Gabriel said it was, it must have Mm -hmm. gone down so fast Mm -hmm. for it to have been like, nobody saw anything happen. Nobody heard anything happen. Mm -hmm. It had to have been just so, so, so quick. And that makes you think like they didn't go out and look for very long. They were just like, Oh shit, loaded her up and and kept going. And it's like, if that had happened five minutes in one direction or the other in time, yeah, it would have gone so differently. Somebody would have seen something. Somebody would have heard something because I've also, I looked at pictures of the van and I can see how it happened. But then I, I just kept thinking, there had to be another, tr- they had to hit a tree or a car or some, it looks like they hit a tree. Um, just like the way that it got pushed in. Cause I'm, I was also like, well, if they hit another car, somebody had to make, make a report. 
support. Yeah. And I wonder if that's where they got, they were getting the leads. Oh, that could be. That's yeah. interesting. If yeah. there was like a, you know, just a random police report that, oh, hit and run, something like that. Yeah. That was also the only other thing I could think of where they were getting leads. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, but they didn't find anything on the car or in the car. Wow. No blood, no nothing. No, and it was raining that night. Yeah. So anything would have been, like, washed away pretty immediately. But even inside the car. Yeah. Like, it's not like they came prepared with the kill kit. Right. They were just driving around being practice. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that just leveled me. <laughs> so you can imagine how much it would level an entire community. Yeah. Like, that is yeah, just an unbelievable thing to have happen and then I could imagine like watching that play out in the news and just the frustration and the futility yeah of that and like I hate to be like that person but it was so freaky because she was just like this she was two years younger than me yeah she was just like this little blonde suburban girl mm -hmm. it could have been anyone and I feel like when you relate to a victim like that yeah it hits it makes it so, so hard different. Yeah. yeah it does and again, I was coming from the place of, like, everything is the X-Files. Yeah, totally. You know? Everything is exceptional. And then this is just so incredibly mundane. Yeah. But so fucking tragic. Yeah. Really, really horrible. Yeah. So, I broke your heart. You did. Yeah. You really yeah. did. That was a rough one. I'm sorry. It's we okay. had to start off on a rough one. I mean, you know what, though? Like... It's a story that doesn't get told much. Yeah. And I've like I've never heard of it before. I don't remember any of it from from growing up. So I'm like I'm glad I'm glad to give voice to a a situation. Yeah. So I yeah. still send out lots of love to that family. Absolutely. Lots of love to Cutter. They they seem like such good people. They really do. They sound pure and just like they wanted absolutely the best for their kid and that there's no way to slam that. There's no way to no. do anything but love and respect that. So, yeah. so welcome to Mid Wretched. Yeah, we break your heart. Yeah, feed you cheese curds. That's right. And hopefully, no crack. No crack. No crack. No crack. Love your neighbor. Yeah. Report your local crackhead. Seriously, Jesus.